We've got ourselves a Sunbelt rivalry. South Alabama and Southern Miss. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right, great show for you today. Uh, we're going to follow up with what happened on uh, on Tuesday, which came out not until Wednesday. Uh, and that would be the South Alabama Southern Miss rivalry. Cajuns need a rival. That's the problem with some of the attendants. The Cajuns don't have a rival. And then unfortunately, but not surprisingly, JMU was denied uh, postseason access. All right. So South Alabama, and I'm not sure anybody knew what was going on beforehand, you know, ran up the score. Certainly tried. They beat Southern Miss 55 to three. And it could have been worse, right? They denied themselves a touchdown at the end of the half because they jumped on fourth and one, or at least attempted at a, at a touchdown. Uh, they missed a field goal uh, at the end at the end of the half, and then uh, they threw an interception at the end of the ball game. Uh, and I don't have a problem with. I do have a problem with running up a score. All right, I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a sporting thing to do. But I also don't have a problem with situational uh, football. There's going to be a time when South Alabama probably needs a field goal, either at the end of the half or at the end of the ballgame, and can you get one in 30 seconds? All right, so I, I don't have a problem practicing, practicing situational football against an opponent. You do it in practice, but you don't really do it in, in the game because it rarely comes up that way. What we didn't know is there was – at least in South Alabama's mind, rationale behind what they were doing. It didn't make sense to me what was going on with the timeouts with what Kane Womack and South Alabama was doing other than, other than, you know, having that situational football, right? It is 31 to nothing, all right? I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, no, it's 31 to nothing. There is 45 seconds left in the game, or in the half. 45 seconds left in the half, and Southern Miss is first and 10 at their own 25. They get a penalty. They run it. They're trying to run out the clock. South Alabama's calling timeout. They're calling timeout. They called a couple of timeouts. They get the ball back on their own 36-yard line with 17 seconds left to go. Now, they ran two plays. Uh, Sepsik, who actually had a good ball game, tried to get three more yards and almost cost them a chance at a field goal. They put one second back on, and and Diego Guardo, who, again, usually doesn't miss. He's missed a couple now. Uh, He missed a 41-yard field goal. So it could have been absolutely 34-0. It could have been 38-0. They were pouring it on. And then at the end of the ball game, same thing. South Alabama uh, interception, or I'm sorry, uh, they stop uh, Southern Miss. 
with, and they're on the first uh, um, downs, uh, stop them on downs, and there's first and 10 at the 50, and they're throwing the football up 55 to 3 because they have seven rushing touchdowns. I guess they need a passing touchdown. No, you take the, you, you know, there's plenty of time, but they, they're throwing the football midway through the fourth quarter. Gio Lopez actually had a man open, and he underthrew. So they could have had a 60 spot. And what we did not know, at least those from the outside did not know, there are a couple of billboards, whether people should take them lightly or not, or when they were purchased, I guess, is in the eye of the beholder. So Southern Miss, you know, went to play in the Lending Tree Bowl last year in Mobile. And one of them has a billboard that says, Welcome to the Port City. That is the nickname for Mobile. They have a big, you know, big port right on the Gulf and someone, it looks like it's crossed out with a big X and written in there, scribbled in there. It says Hub City, which apparently is the nickname for Hattiesburg. And it's got a Golden Eagle logo on there. That's one billboard. The other billboard is Piers. I think that one is right next to McDonald's, which is across the street, basically from the university, the University of Southern Mississippi, a major university experience at a cost comparable to your local university. Now, I don't have a problem with Southern Miss advertising in, uh, in Mobile. Okay, they should, right? And I presume Mobile advertises in other towns, right? This is always going back to even like, you know, football players and, you know, getting recruited out of town. Well, why didn't you go to college at home? Because did you? <laughs> I didn't, I wanted to go away to school. So I don't have a problem with them coming in there and, advertising but perceived or not and perception is reality Kane Womack and company took it as a personal affront taking shots at South Alabama all right we are the port city you crossed it out you made it the hub city even if it was just for a weekend and even if it was purchased at the bowl game in December the billboard is still up didn't come down they're certainly getting their money's worth and they've you know now really getting their money's worth because who knows who was paying attention to those billboards, uh, you know, now, nobody, and they are now. And so the way South Alabama saw it is, you're, you're, you know, you said, we're not the port city, we're the hub city. And you alluded to the fact that you don't think that South Alabama is a major university. Whether that's true or not, you know, that's the way South Alabama took it. Uh, and then, you know, Craig Stevenson, you know, passed along from AL.com passed along the audio of what Kane said. And I posted a tweet. It's out there. You can see it at Schultze cast. Uh, I don't go viral very much, but probably by the end of the day, I'll have a hundred thousand views. So that's pretty good for me. Right. If I get, if I get uh, 2000 views or something like that, that's a lot. So this is already at uh, 75,000 well, early Thursday morning. Uh, and this was unprompted. All right. The, the press conference was over. The SID handling the press conference. Anybody else? A any other questions? And before he stepped away, Kane Womack basically said, hey, look, I have a lot of respect for all of the people who have built this program. He went through all of the coaches that, you know, were there either with him or before him. And it should be known if you don't know that Kane Womack, we talked about, I think, in yesterday's episode, that Kane Womack is a Southern Miss alum. He played football at Southern Miss, met his wife at Southern Miss. Uh, or re-met her. I guess they grew up together. But he re-met her uh, when he returned to play football. 
And so he has a special place in his heart for Southern Miss or Southern Mississippi, I guess. That's an issue, right? South Al, Southern Miss, ULL. It's got to tell it the right way. So it's Southern Mississippi. So he went on there and told, you know, he doesn't have a problem with Will Hall. He knows the team's not playing as well as they can. He knows Will Hall is a tireless worker. And then, you know, goes into all the coaches who have built the program, including his dad who worked there. But he did not like the idea of these billboards, all right? And reading Craig Stevenson from AL.com's money, money quote, Whoever the administrator is that signed off on the billboards just needs to know that sometimes those things are great in a board meeting, but it'll get your ass kicked on the playground. I mean, that's it, right? Real or not, that's what they did, all right? They they absolutely uh, took it out on the players for what someone's decision was. And if it was during the bowl game, probably should have got them down, all right? Uh, but, you know, either way... Um, it doesn't look good. And I, the, the Southern Miss fans that replied to the tweet and to the quote were kind of embarrassed, which is kind of interesting. All right. Some of them are coming around saying it doesn't matter. It was it was during the bowl game. Uh, but those that's the reason, anyways, why Kane Womack uh, was running up the score at the end of the half and at the end of the game. All right. Let's take a timeout. Uh, this is exactly what the Cajuns need because they don't have one. They don't have a rival, although South Alabama's real rival is Troy. There's certainly a little rivalry with a Southern Miss. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, the Cajuns need a rival, although this week is this week is homecoming. Hopefully they have a good crowd. Time to tell you about FanDuel. Boom. Snap in action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a live, when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of uh, the NFL. All right, Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. And one of the issues that we've been talking about, at least on my radio show here in Lafayette, 103.3, The GOAT, it is the flagship station of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Attendance has not been great this year. And there's really no explanation for it, except the fans who used to come don't anymore. Because over the last decade and a half or so, right, since, since not quite a decade and a half, but since 2011, They've had three bad seasons. That's it. Three bad seasons. And that includes last year, which was not all that bad. They still went to a bowl game. They finished six and seven because they lost a bowl game. I don't consider that. Fans consider that bad. I don't. It was 2015. uh, 2015 was an issue. They had an issue trying to replace Terrence Broadway, the first quarterback uh, Brooks Hack either wasn't very good or got hurt. And then Jalen Nixon came in, and I think he got hurt, and they had issues with the quarterback. Then in uh, then they got Anthony Jennings, transferred from LSU in 2016, went back to the bowl game. They actually rallied, uh, had a goal line stand against Arkansas State to get to the bowl game. And ironically enough, it was Nick Mullins and Southern Miss who beat him in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, and then they had an issue with quarterback again in 2017. 
uh, and some off the field issues as well. And that was the end of Mark Hudspeth. He, he built this up when I got here in 2013, they're drawing, you know, somewhere between 25 and 28,000 almost every game. Right. And then bigger ball games ended up being Grambling and Southern, uh, Southern, uh, La Tech was probably a big crowd and McNeese, honestly enough, a big crowd, but they don't have, the problem is the Cajuns don't have a rival. They don't, it should be ULM, but it's not. People don't come down, but you know, people don't travel, right? You should have, it's like three and a half hours away. All right. It's, it's the easiest thing to do. Uh, although it's a little bit of a speed trap, uh, but you know, you can't get three or four, 5,000 people coming down from Monroe. Nope. Doesn't happen. Right. It should be, well, you know, at that time with HUD, it was really Arkansas state. Well, that's a little bit of a trek. All right. Uh, there was no love loss between HUD and Blake Anderson, at least in some of the teams as well. Uh, you know, those were the two teams that were the best at the time in, I don't think there was divisions even at the time, but those were the kind of the top dogs in the Sun Belt. And that was, that was that, that was that, but they don't, that's the thing. They don't have a rival. All right. This is homecoming and it's Georgia state. You can't get any better on the field than this. It's Georgia state is four is five, five and one coming off a big win over Marshall. And two weeks ago, Cajuns coming off a big win over Texas state. So far, they've only lost to at ODU and at Minnesota. And they have this exciting new freshman, if you will, second-year player, Zeon Chris is their quarterback, and the future looks bright. We should be talking about if they're going to get thirty or 35000 in this ballgame. I mean, and it should be a minimal of like 25000 And yet, they're going to get somewhere between, you know, hopefully fifteen and 20000 Hopefully, it's on national TV. Uh, there's some things going on this weekend here in town. It's on ESPNU, but that didn't stop other other places, right? All these games seem to be on, right? App. How would I know what the crowd looks like with App playing? Because I see it on TV. How would I know what it looks like with Georgia Southern playing? Because I've seen it on TV, right? Coastal's getting good crowds. South Alabama announced 23,000. I'm not sure if those numbers are accurate, but it certainly looked good. That's on a Tuesday, right? Maybe a few people from Southern Miss are coming back. You can go back and forth on a Tuesday. That can't have a weekend in Mobile if you're playing on a Tuesday night, right? You got to you got to get off early from work and you and you're getting home late that night. So you're not getting that many people, right? From Hattiesburg, sure some showed up, but it can't be that many. Right? And how many people are hopping on a plane or driving from Atlanta, right? I I'm, I'm sure a few will, right? There's always some diehards, family members from Georgia State coming in. And then they always blame the students. Well, the students got to show up. Well, there's been an issue with the students about, you know, enjoying themselves if you will on uh, at the game, they showed up for the first ball game, Northwestern State. They haven't showed up since. They didn't show up for the Buffalo game, and they didn't show up for the uh, the, the Texas State game. But there's 500. But that's only like two or three thousand people, four thousand people, right? It's a lot of students, but that's you know we're not talking about twenty five thousand people showing up. We're talking about four thousand people showing up. And then same thing for uh, uh you know. But the, what about the whole you know? There's five hundred thousand people in this area, right? Once again, LSU playing Army. That game starts early, and certainly you'll have LSU fans, you know, watching that ball game. But if you watch that LSU game, I don't care if they announce 102, 103,000 or not. It's not going to be full. Nothing against Army, but this will be the weekend that some people decide not to go. Although last week wasn't full either with Auburn. I'm not sure why, but say la vie. But the Cajuns need a rival. They need to do something 
to generate interest. It would have been Southern Miss. Southern Miss would be a great rival for the Cajuns. Apparently, they haven't beaten them since like 1993. They're coming into town. But how many people from Hattiesburg are going to come here to Lafayette when maybe they're like, you know, three and six or two and seven? No one's going to follow that, right? Again, you'll have the diehards, uh, but it will be uh, not nearly as many. So the Cajuns somehow need a rival. My radio producer (laughs) said we should do the same thing, sort of, that Southern Miss did by accident and get some sort of billboard out there, you know, the real Louisiana, right? And you you don't have LSU on there. You put a big X through that. You do uh, ULL, put a big X through that and add the extra L. Uh, But then you do Monroe. Oh, my God, Monroe took a billboard out. And you put a big check mark through that. And Oh, my God, Monroe took a a billboard out. Let's get all mad into the game and cheer against Monroe, which is actually not the worst of all ideas. Uh, But the Cajuns need a rival. The Cajuns don't have a rival. All right. Right now, they do not have a rival in this in the conference. It's it's kind of odd that they don't. Right. South Alabama's rival, not only including Southern Mrs. Troy uh, on the Texas State doesn't have one. Arkansas State used to have one, but not in football because that little rock. Uh, you know, I mean, Georgia Southern has an app, right? Georgia State would like it to be Georgia Southern. Uh, all those other schools, you know, the coastals and the apps and the JMUs uh, and, and the Marshalls, you know, these teams have been playing themselves forever, for years in other conferences. Uh, and uh, that's why they're rivals over there. But Cajuns just don't have a rival. So they need to somehow manufacture reasons to come to the game. And it, it should be a good ball game. Again, you can't complain about it, but, and it's on national TV. It just, it doesn't cost nearly that much to come. It's six times a year. It's not like it's an NBA season or, you know, college baseball season or a major league baseball season six times a year. And there's only, there's three more left. You get this one, you get Southern Miss and ULM. And it'd be nice to see the Cajuns come out uh, and support their team. Cause it's a good football team. I, I don't know who's going to win. I think Georgia state uh, is really good. I think the Cajuns are going to win. I'm only picking that. I don't even know if they're, they are going to win, but I'm picking that because they're at home. Uh, Georgia state has gone on the road and beaten coastal. Uh, We'll see if, if the crowd can get behind them. If this is a, a big crowd, 20, 25,000, it could be a big help. We'll see. But the Cajuns somehow need to find a rival uh, to draw, to you know, start bringing more people into the stadium. All right, let's take one more time out. When we come back, you know, JMU may be the best team in the power of five, in the group of five, but they will not be able to prove it in the postseason. Uh, it is Dave Schultz locked on Sunbelt, and it is time to tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Drinking some green tea, I swear, in the, you know, Yeti-like style tumbler. Uh, all right, so Shane Metlin covers the uh, JMU Dukes, who, you know, if they get a win at Marshall, they'll be in the top 25. That game is tonight. We've talked a lot about that ball game. Uh, Shane Metlin, let me see. I want to make sure I get this right. Covers it for the Daily News uh, record. I guess that's in Harrisonburg. Uh, he went and checked it out about what... So it should be noted. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, Virginia Attorney General... I don't know how to say his name. Myaris. Um... He sent a letter to Charlie Baker, sent a letter to the NCAA on trying to get JMU to get a, a waiver for postseason eligibility. The Sun Belt is following the NCAA's lead. It's a ridiculous rule. It's foolish. I know they don't want people to go up and down, but I think that, that I mean, the price tag for going up now is exorbitant. Like it went from like 5000 to $5 million. They don't what they guess they don't want what was told to me by somebody i don't remember who but the idea was you know you go recruit all these players for fbs and then you fall back down well you know there's what yeah if i can figure that out if you go up to fbs it, you know you can't go back for you do it for 10 years you can't go back for 10 years and if you ever go back back to fcs because it didn't work you can't ever come back to fbs there's no waiver there's no decisions i don't care about the administration once you go up and you go back can't ever do it again okay so Charlie Baker, who has shown no leadership at all, he's a former Massachusetts governor. He's up in Congress trying to get them to pass a federal law on NIL. They can't figure anything out. They denied it. All right. Um, reading of the letter to the attorney general that Shane Metlin posted under the recent direction of the Division One Transformation Committee, a comprehensive review of FBS membership requirements was conducted over the past several months. The committee's work led to the Division I Council's adoption of significantly increased financial aid requirements and an increased fee to reclassify from FCS to FBS. That's before. They've already transitioned, right? They don't have to pay that exorbitant fee. Because James Madison is already in the reclassification process, the university will benefit from having until August 2027 to meet those elevated requirements, along with current FBS members, and is not responsible for paying the increased fee, like I said. The Division I Board of Directors and Council believe clear standards and timelines for reclassification process will promote strategic membership growth and allow for a uniform experience for all reclassifying institutions. The Board and Council agreed that if changes to the FCS, the FBS reclassification process are warranted, these should be handled through legislation that applies to all schools reclassifying from FCS to FBS. James Madison may still access postseason bowl participation this year if an insufficient number of active SBF, FBS institutions meet the requirements for bowl eligibility if there are not enough active FBS institutions that meet requirements for bowl eligibility and James Madison meets the definition of a deserving team. Then there are criteria for filling the open slots that may allow James Madison to participate as a reclassifying institution in its final year of reclassification to FBS from FCS to FBS. Basically, that means, and you can hear, you know, they are not getting to a bowl game unless there's not enough six and six teams. If there's five and seven teams, they'll get in one. They won't get into a very good bowl game if you're replacing a five and seven team. Also, 
you know, they could be a New Year's Six Day team. If they get in the top 25 and they don't lose and everybody else is going to start playing each other, they would move up significantly. And so they're, they're screwing this around. Now, somebody else just posted. I don't know who Taylor Atkins is. Uh, oh, he's co-host of JMU Sound Off. All right. So he's a part of podcast uh, for JMU. Apparently, Liberty University got a waiver. The NCAA waiver approval was based upon Liberty providing substantial information to demonstrating its readiness to begin the reclassification process. Liberty's ability to follow current FBS institutions who have demonstrated viability without conference affiliation and university's ability to satisfy FBS requirements. So what a shock, no consistency in what the NCAA does. And it's a real shame because it's a stupid rule. It really is. Uh, again, it's a lot like money. The people who have it don't want to give it up. And so, you know, if you're really good, right? App State's been really good. Georgia Southern was really good. These teams moved up, uh, took Coastal a little bit to get there. But uh, it's a stupid rule, and JMU's getting screwed. But they knew it going in. All right, this was a long shot. This is not a surprise. You know, it's unfortunate, but it is not a surprise uh, to them. But it, it appears that that conversation is over. All right. Uh, thank you so much for uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll be watching. Well, we got a lot of watch tonight. Got the Saints tonight. We got uh, JMU and Marshall tonight, and Mama Schultz is coming into town. So we'll see how much football we're actually watching. Hopefully, I will have an episode on Friday to recap JMU and Marshall. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episodes of Lockdown, episode of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Appreciate uh, the love. Still getting more up almost to 760 subscribers. And don't forget on Apple Podcasts uh, and Spotify, just search Lockdown Sunbelt. It's rarely, it's it's really wherever you get your podcasts, but those are the two most popular. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. All right, I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been watching and listening to Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day.